mornings. I'm Chris Oaks, and coming up, we are once again on location at the Hancock County Fair. Today's broadcast sponsored by the Findlay Hearing Center, making sure you don't miss out on any of the unmistakable sounds of the fair. After a terrific start, the fun continues, and part of the fun is you never know who you might bump into on the fairgrounds. And among today's exciting happenings at the fair, the Ohio State University Extension 4-H Mobile Design Lab offers hands-on activities designed to show the possibilities of STEM fields in agriculture and beyond. We'll learn more. This is the Good Mornings Podcast Edition for Thursday, August 31st, 2023. The cows are in full voice this morning greeting us when we came in. But no no stray cows, no wayward cows. Yesterday, I don't know if you uh, were with us yesterday morning, when we got here to the uh, fairgrounds, there was, <laughs> there was a cow just kind of wandering around here uh, in, front of the, uh, in front of the building. <laughs> it, it, had, it had escaped, <laughs> and it was, and it was uh, greeting us. Uh, welcoming us to the fair. So we have no wayward cows uh, here today. Everything is uh, fine. Some of the first things you need to know this morning, the most interesting and buzzworthy stories of the day. This, I thought, was it. it is never a dull day for us when we are at the Hancock County Fair. Never boring. That's one thing that we never have to worry about. But apparently... Uh, we are close to the minority. 46% of Americans say they are bored at work at least three days a week. And 71% of those who have been in the same role for over two years feel that their job is too routine. That's what they say. Here is another travel weekend item here. According to data collected from the Bureau of Transportation Statistics, JetBlue has the worst, is the worst airline for delays on Labor Day weekend. Uh, about 20% of JetBlue flights are delayed over the Labor Day holiday weekend. Um, so that's the worst in terms of on time. Although, if you are flying Spirit, you are most likely to have your flight canceled completely. Um, this study found the Hawaiian Airlines is the one that sees the fewest delays. So if you're head, heading to the Aloha State, then you, I guess, are okay. Um, and uh, Honolulu's airport is uh, the one with the least, the fewest uh, number of delays. Uh, Honolulu's airport and Minneapolis-St. Paul. Are the other is the other one with the fewest delays for Labor Day. In case you're traveling for the holiday weekend, uh, let's see a couple of other uh, items among the first things you need to know this morning. The most interesting and buzzworthy stories of the day. So in the NFL offseason, Aaron Rodgers left Green Bay and he signed with the New York Jets, right? That was one of the big headlines of the NFL offseason. So with the new season about to kick off, a bar in Milwaukee is offering free drinks when Aaron Rodgers and the New York Jets lose. (laughs) I love this. Anytime this season the Jets lose, then Jack's American Pub 
uh, is uh, giving out free drinks. Now, to get the free drinks, you have to start your bar tab a minimum of 15 minutes before the Jets game kicks off. And you have to be present for the entire game. Uh, Aaron Rodgers must start. Uh, the Jets must lose. And the Jets and Packers can't be playing at the same time. Those are the qualifications. Because they're not going to watch the Jets game if the Packers are on, obviously. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, of course, coming off a relatively disappointing season. But the Jets have high expectations with him under center. And... Uh, they do have one of the top defenses in the league, so <laughs> I love that. <laughs> Every time Aaron Rodgers loses, everybody drinks for free at Jack's American Pub in Milwaukee. <laughs> but they're not bitter at all. They're not bitter at all. That's uh... <laughs> uh, Let's see. By the way, speaking of football, I thought this was kind of interesting. Um, Gannett the big newspaper conglomerate. They own USA Today. They now own the Columbus Dispatch, right? And they own a number of other big newspapers across the country. One of the biggest newspaper publishers in the country. They uh, were left with a little egg on their face recently when it was discovered that they were using artificial intelligence to write some of their local sports stories. Uh, and apparently, now Gannett says... They claimed, initially anyway, they claimed that real human beings were proofreading the articles that were being written by artificial intelligence, AI. But some people suspected that was not the case when a high school sports story was published. And I don't know that it was published in the newspaper, but it was published on one of their online uh, websites. Uh, in one example the AI chatbot did not replace the placeholders. Like, um, such and such high school winning team mascot here <laughs> um, defeated such and such high school insert mascot name here. <laughs> and that's exactly what it said. I mean, it was like, you know, uh, Central High School insert mascot name versus... East High School, insert mascot name. And that's the way it got published. Um, Gannett now has announced that they are pausing the use of artificial intelligence after multiple mistakes in their articles. Um, <laughs> according to Gannett, the company put a hold on using the tool in all of its local markets that have been using the service. So maybe they were thinking they could save some money on... Actual reporters by using AI did not exactly work well. And how about this story as we come up on the bottom of the hour? Uh, I thought I would share this story. I saw it on the uh, newswire. When Stamatis Maratis, I think is how you pronounce his name, when he was 66 years old, his doctors told him he had six months to live. He had spent most of his adult life living in suburban New York and in Florida. He was getting short of breath. He was unable to finish a full day's work like he used to. His doctors told him it's terminal lung cancer. You have six months to live. So the Greek father of three decided to move back to his homeland to spend his final days in the isolated Mediterranean island of Ikaria, I think is how you pronounce it. He didn't want his family to be burdened 
with the thousands of dollars he knew that American funerals cost, and he figured he could be buried by the sea where it'll only cost a few hundred dollars on this island. But something funny happened. When he got to the island, he started to feel better. Uh, Breathing in the fresh air with the beautiful surroundings and reconnecting with old friends and leaving a less hectic life, Uh, believe it or not, he started to improve. He started planting grapevines for a backyard vineyard. He figured he wouldn't be around long enough to enjoy the, the wines, but he figured it'd be a tangible way for his wife and his family to remember him. Now, three decades later, he's still around. Three decades later, he's still above ground. By the way, he's enjoying the wine that he never thought he would have the opportunity to enjoy. He was asked, what's your secret? He said, I don't know. I guess I just forgot to die. I don't know if there's a moral of that story, but I thought I would share. WFIN News, I'm Matt Demchek. Your WTOL 11 weather. Sunny skies expected today with a high in the mid-70s. Just a few clouds tonight, a low around 50. The governor has announced the formation of a working task force to look into school bus safety in Ohio. DeWine made the announcement in suburban Cleveland at the Mentor School District's bus garage where he met with bus inspectors from the State Highway Patrol. We're going to look at absolutely every aspect of this from construction of the buses to the, the maintenance to the inspections we'll get into issues like seat belts an elementary school student was killed last week when he was ejected from a bus during a collision with a minivan near springfield dave james i went in news a man was arrested for drug trafficking and drug possession in Wyandotte County. The Wyandotte County Sheriff's Office says the 40-year-old was located at the residence on County Highway 215 in Forest and taken into custody. During his arrest, the Sheriff's Office said detectives located drug paraphernalia and other items indicative of drug use inside the residence. A search warrant was obtained for the residence, and authorities say they found suspected methamphetamine and other items associated with drug trafficking. Get more on this case in the story on our website. Children's Mentoring Connection of Hancock County is in need of volunteers to help out with their school-based mentoring programs. The school-based mentoring programs at CMC are currently active in seven schools across Hancock County. These schools include Donnell, Glenwood, Wilson Vance, Bigelow Hill, Corey Rawson, Arcadia, and Van Buren. By volunteering, you'll be directly supporting the growth and development of students. Executive Director Stacy Shaw says whether you're a high school student or older, you can make a positive impact by spending just an hour each week at a school that suits your schedule. Learn more about becoming a mentor in this story on our website. While Old Man Winter may still be a ways off, the Ohio Department of Transportation is already preparing for snow. ODOT now hiring. They need some seasonal snowplow drivers. We are kind of thinking ahead to that winter season and hopefully bringing as many people on early so that we can hit those numbers and be able to maintain the roads. You do need to have a valid CDL to apply. I'm Andrew Kinsey. And remember, you can always get more news online anytime at WFIN.com. have the technical issues worked out here from the fair. Uh, we seem to be, there we go, we seem to be in much better shape here. 
Oh, my goodness. It is always an adventure uh, from the uh, Hancock County Fair. Our broadcast day number two of the Hancock County Fair is uh, brought to you courtesy of the Findlay Hearing Center. And Jody uh, Turnwald is with us uh, here at our location at the fair. Jody, it is good to see you dark and early. Uh, good morning. Thanks. It's a little bit earlier than you are normally uh, up and up and about. It is. It is. Certainly probably a little earlier than you uh, come to the fair. Yes, very, very much so. No food vendors are open yet. <laughs> that's, that's right. That's the only downside. Uh, but it is an awful lot of fun uh, to be out here, uh, as, as you will see through, as we go through the morning, because you really see the fair kind of come to life. And, you know, all of the kids start to get up and, and stirring. They're not fully awake yet either, but, you know, the animals are, you know, starting. Things start to come to life uh, here at the fair. Um, Tell us a little bit about the uh, Finley Hearing Center. For those who are not uh, familiar, um, I, part, I guess what you do at its most, ma- most basic level is pretty much self-explanatory, but what, what don't people know about the Finley Hearing Center? The Finley Hearing Center has been around since 1954. We're located on 930 Plaza Street, so on the side of Best Buy um, next to the Toyota dealership. Um, we're an all-female office, which is interesting. Um, and we're open Monday through Thursday from 9 to 4. Now, when you say all-female, you don't just serve female clients. <laughs> no. uh, it's, you mean everybody at the office is uh, of the female persuasion. That's so, correct. That's I correct. I want to make sure that we clarify that. It's still very early for people. I don't want to confuse them. Um, w- hearing solutions. Are we talking just hearing aids, or are there other things that you do beyond that? We really do specialize in hearing instruments. Um, and we carry a wide range. Um, we work with almost every manufacturer out there, so it doesn't matter what hearing aid you need or you want, or if there's a specific, like, if you want Phonak or a Starkey, we can get them all. And you can also explain what the difference is. That's correct. We're all well-educated on each manufacturer. Because this is not something that people usually go out and buy, although it should be pointed out, as you well know, that uh, just within the past year or so, the federal government uh, authorized the use uh, or the sale of over-the-counter hearing devices. It's not just by prescription anymore. The idea is to lower the cost, make this more accessible to more people who may need it for mild to uh, moderate hearing hearing loss. Do you uh, carry any of those non-prescription devices as well? We do. Unfortunately, the -the over-the-counter only will help about 4%. Um, And we did a a huge amount of research trying to figure out which one's better because there's so much out there. And we do carry quite a few over-the-counter options, in the ear, over the ear. So if you're going that route, we really suggest coming in, let us educate you, show you what's out there, what's good, better, and best. And go from there. Would that be something that somebody could start with and see if that works? Uh, and then, if not, then pursue? Because, again, the goal of that was to reduce the cost because the prescription ones, going to the doctor, getting the, you know, there's a, an expense involved. Not everybody has insurance that will cover that. And so, is it a good strategy to, to go that route first, the non prescription route first, see if that works, and then go from there? I would actually say come in the office, let us take a look in your ears. A lot of times it's just wax. A lot of times it's just an infection. So let us take a look in the ears. Let us give you a hearing test because we can say, okay, the -the over-the-counter will work for this percent. You know, let's go to a prescriptive hearing aid at this percent. Um, And these devices are not your grandfather's hearing aids. 
Oh, no, 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 no. Believe it or not, these things will track your steps. They can um, translate languages. They um, can transcribe things. So if you're going to the doctor and you're just not quite sure or you're thinking you're going to miss some things, you can hit record. The hearing aid will actually record and then it will email you the actual document of what was said. So you can be your own, like, DVR, basically. Uh, absolutely. <laughs> um, and I, I know some of them are Bluetooth uh, connected. You can, you know, like, listen to your music or take your calls right there on the device. Absolutely. Um, even over-the-counter, there's a lot of, if you get a good over-the-counter hearing aid, absolutely, you can do a Bluetooth so you can listen to your music, you can stream your podcast through your ears, you can walk around and jam. <laughs> uh, it's just, uh, so if, maybe if I see someone walking around the fair... Uh, who's, you know, that I don't see an earpiece or headphones, but they seem to be having voices in their head. That could be it. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> or it could be just that they're weird. You know, um, the other thing that I wanted, wanted to mention, and, and this kind of ties into the fair a little bit, I mean, there's a lot of loud noises, a lot of things going on uh, here at the fair. How often is it that people don't realize just how much hearing loss they have almost every day and I think people are in denial too because you can't see it you can't touch it it's something and hearing goes so slow Mm -hmm. so hearing tests yearly are always important so what are some of the warning signs that my hearing may be going I jokingly tell wives and husbands that we fix huh Um, So when you start repeating, you're asking people to repeat, um, you're turning the TV up a little bit more, you're starting to exclude yourself from conversations because background noise is just too loud, that's time. Yeah, Uh, And and certainly you can experience that here at the fair. I mean, with everything going on, um, you know, that might be causing some of your issues or it might exacerbate some of the issues, underscore the, the fact that you may have uh, an underlying hearing issue that you need to get checked. Do folks need an appointment? They want to come and see you? Uh, Like you said, you know, maybe the first step is just come in, look in the ears, see what's going on there. Does that require an appointment or anything? It does. It requires an appointment. And how do folks uh, start that process then? Oh, you call our office at 419-422-5242 and we'll get you set up. Simple as that. Uh, Again, Jody Turnwald of the Findlay Hearing Center making our broadcast possible here from day number two of the Hancock County Fair. Um, Are you here at the fair? Do you have a uh, booth here at the fair by chance? I do not. Okay. Uh, But you can find more information on your website, right? That's right. And that is? www.findlayhearing.com. Findlayhearing.com. We also have that linked up at goodmornings.net. Jody, we appreciate you dropping by and spending some time with us this morning. It was wonderful. Thank you. tell you what i love being here at the hancock county fair my favorite part of the fair is this early morning time when things started start coming to life we were talking about it a little bit yesterday how you can really see everything start to get going the kids are already stirring we've already got some uh shows that are set to uh, get start here uh, get started here in just a little bit things start early the hancock county fair daryl baird is with us here is the uh, fair president new fair president so uh, congratulations um beautiful uh weather for the fair it's a great start uh to the uh to the fair this year yeah, we couldn't ask for better weather and better start to the fair. Um, kids are up early this morning. I know shows start at 8 o'clock. You can hear the cattle behind us. So, yeah, it's a great morning. Big day for the sheep, big day for goats, uh, cattle, a lot of uh, those shows. 
Yes. Um, a lot of those that they kick off at eight. Like I said, I know the horse shows obviously are, are going on as well. So, and then uh, we roll into a full day of activities tonight. There's the calf scramble, and which is also includes uh, a chicken and, and sheep scramble for the littler kids. Uh, the horse racing tonight. So it's a full day. Uh, and like we said, the weather is certainly cooperating. It's going to be gorgeous all week long. I don't know if you have any kind of numbers uh, on attendance or anything uh, already from opening day of the fair, but I got to think that it was crowded all day. Yeah, it was a good day. I don't have an exact attendance number. I know we were here a little late last night working on that and getting everything <laughs> counted. So, but um, it, it well, was, that tells you what you need to know right there that you were here late counting. Uh, you know, so that means it had to have been good attendance. Yeah, yeah, it was. It was a very good day, and and this community always steps up and supports uh, the fair and and these junior fair kids. I mean, you know, we ask them to give up their Labor Day Monday to come to the sale and support them. So, and and the community always steps up. You know, let's talk a little bit about that because, as we've said, the the fair first and foremost is for the kids. It's an agricultural expedition uh, exposition, um, and it really is primarily for the kids. This next generation of uh, agriculture, and as you mentioned, the support throughout the community is just second to none. It absolutely is. Um, you know, I don't know if you were at opening ceremonies, but you saw a great group of kids that, that were there for the coronation and, and the king and, and uh, queen and princesses. Um, and, and we had a young lady that, that did the national anthem solo, and that takes a lot of uh, a lot of heart and a lot of guts to stand up in front of a crowd and, and, and do that. And that's what the program is about with 4-H and Junior Fair. Um, you know, those kids learn how to run a meeting. They learn how to deal with different personalities, resolve conflict. Uh, and it's not just the animal or the still woodworking art projects that they do. Um, that's the payoff for them and the reward at the end of the day. But it's that process that they go through, the, the, the learning to be future leaders. Yeah. If somebody is interested in supporting the youth of the fair in that way, I mean, I know you're always looking for additional folks to, to bid and buy at the livestock auction and, and so on. What's the uh, process for that? Um, well, this can certainly show up uh, Monday morning uh, and, and register, I think, at 8.30 and, and uh, bid individually. Um, they can certainly make donations. Um, I know we've partnered with Hitching Insurance and Sarah Moyer, who has been an experienced sales secretary for us. Um, and she's putting together uh, that kind of group that wants to do something, um, but not necessarily can be here on that day. So, so we'll take those donations and, and, and uh, get them to the appropriate kids. Um, and I know the, the chamber also puts together through their ag uh, group, their ag committee, um, that you can give through them and they will be here to buy, buy as well. And let's talk a little bit about the fairgrounds itself. Um, as we know, there have been a number of improvements in recent years, new buildings uh, that have gone up. Obviously, again, uh, the community stepping up to make that happen and improve the fairgrounds and make sure that you know, the fair is here for a good long time. Yeah, uh, one of the big additions this year, thanks to a, a generous donation from a longtime supporter, was a significant upgrade in, in the Wi-Fi and the internet capabilities. Uh, we're hoping that gives us future ability to like live stream some events, even the sale. Um, we are in the bid process to put right next to where we are at a new restroom and shower facility. Um, so hopefully that is up and running. April 1 is kind of the target deadline on that. Um, so that's the next big project. And then the long-range planning is certainly always looking at what is next that, that the community needs, um, that we can help fulfill, um, but will also sustain us for the long term. So you think coming off of COVID a couple of years ago, it's full steam ahead. We're back 
full force uh, running uh, just like it never even happened almost. Uh, we're getting there, certainly, yeah. Um, you know, this year's fair. Ed and I are actually, he just mentioned it, and this is really the first year that is truly COVID-free where we haven't yeah. been as, as, as worried about it. So, um, yeah, but as far as us on, on the planning stages and all of that, um, that's in the rearview mirror, and we're looking ahead as to what's next. That is great to hear. Again, Daryl Baird, Baird is fair president with us this morning. Daryl, thanks very much for dropping by. We appreciate it. Appreciate it, and we appreciate you being here. Ed Lentz is uh, kind of wandering around here, uh, and he has been uh, here the whole time. Do you spend, like, the entire week at the fair? Are you one of those that actually stays on the fairgrounds? Well, I enjoy the fair, but I'm not a, a fair junkie. <laughs> I do want a warm bed and a nice house at night, you know, and so I don't bring the camper and feel like I'm rusting yeah. and, and living those with the animals. Those people are hardy. I mean, I know a lot of times the, you know, the families that are showing animals and everything kind of have to do that, but I know people who just come out because they love the fair so much and spend, those, those are hardy fairgoers. Well, there's no question about it. I went for the barns here. The animals, you can tell it's showtime. Yeah. You hear all the mooing and the, the band and all that because they know it's, it's my day. And uh, um, One of the things that we love about the fair is the fact that you see people within the community that maybe you haven't seen since last year's fair. We talk about this being an agricultural exposition. It is, you know, so important for the kids, the youth, but... It is really a community. Uh, it is a, an event for the entire community to come together. Well, I think it's where we all try to get back to our agricultural roots. We all have to eat food. We all have to know something has to be raised. And we got something here for the urban or the city person as well as the farm person. You got the big steer. You got the little Rex rabbit out there. I mean, it's, and then the, the horticulture. I think it's, it's, it's a bonding thing for a community to, to get back together and say, this is where we all started from, whether it's the, uh, the Garden of Eden or whatever, we're getting back to that world. We were talking with uh, Daryl Baird a little bit earlier, the uh, fair president, and he was talking about all of the investments that have been made. Um, how, as, as a member of the agriculture community, uh, how significant is that to see so much being invested in improving and uh, continuing the tradition at the fairgrounds where they were talking about the legacy building a few years ago, the cattleman's uh, the, uh, building that we're right in front of, the old Millstream Center, seeing all of those investments in, in keeping this going and for you know, generations to come. Well, it's so important to see that tradition. Agriculture is very important in Hancock County. Of course, farms have got bigger. We all don't have the large livestock things that we used to have. But I think we still want to have that roots there, and I think the community needs to be aware of it. Because whether you're on a farm or not, you got to eat. And it's had to come from somewhere. And somewhere along the line, you probably had an ancestor that was a farmer that was providing for their family and other people. So it's a good pulling together. We've talked a little bit about the kind of the educational undertones of the of the fair. For those who are not intimately involved in agriculture, this is an opportunity to introduce people to exactly what goes into uh, raising, growing the food or raising the animals that we, we consume. Well, no question about it. And for the kids' projects out there, it's so critical because it, it takes discipline. you got to be committed. Feed that animal twice a day. Make sure it's cared for. Make sure it's set up, set up for the fair. You can't ask for a better thing for a youth to learn good work ethics. We talk about where we need a workforce. Right. That's where you're going to get good work ethics. Um, 
just as an aside, and I don't mean to put you on the spot, but I, I'm guessing maybe you have a, a rough number. How much does it cost to raise, uh, like, for example, one of these cattle uh, in the uh, cow barn behind us, to, to bring a project to the fair? What, what's the cost of that? Uh, no parent wants to tell you what that cost is uh, because, you know, they're, they're, they're for show. I mean, and, and so they're going to do those extra things. Well, I'm going to put you a, talk about the time, and there's an, a significant investment of time, but also resources in it. Uh, let's put it where maybe people can relate. It's like your kid is, feels like they're gifted at soccer or football. You're going to send them all the camps, all that money in there, all the tennis lessons. And so it's kind of the same thing here. They're, they want to start with a good animal, so that's going to cost them. And then you want the best feed, that's going to cost them. And then you got to get them to the shows, the transportation. So, so yeah, they're committed on this. And it's, and it's and people might say it's about the sale thing. No, they probably don't get their return back, if, even if they're a top sales. That's a, that's a good point. Um, so just one more reason why, when you're here at the fair, make sure you go through all of the barns. Talk to these kids. They love talking about their projects. And you might just learn something along the way. Well, all the different breeds. A lot of people don't realize how many different breeds of cattle, sheep, horses, and all that we have. The fair is the time you get to see all the kind of the novelty ones to the everyday work one. It's it's great. I mean, I, I will say that I was not raised on a farm. I did not have an agricultural background. Um, everything that I know about agriculture, I learned at the fair. And, and I do want to tell people: no, we don't have sheep in pastures with blankets on them. As you go for the barn, but it, but you'll see sheep have horns. There are some have horns. You'll see that here. So a lot of different things in there. But it's but there's it's a kind of a touch of showmanship and reality, and I think that's great. It, it's entertaining, and we and it's educational, as you said. Ed Lentz uh, with the Hancock County uh, OSU Extension with us. He's uh, among the folks that we get to see when we're out here at the fair, and we appreciate you spending some time with us. Thanks very much, Ed. Oh, yes, and I got to go eat some fair food now. This is Good Mornings with Chris Oaks on 1330 WFIN, WFIN.com, and 95.5 FM. We interrupt this program to bring you a broken news alert. This is a story that sounds like it came right out of the right out of the fair here. A chaotic scene unfolded unfolded in the Ring Mountain neighborhood of Corte Madeira, California, as a resident's home security camera documented the thrilling spectacle of a massive goat stampede. <laughs> a stampede of goats on the loose. Kristen Slow captured the breathtaking event on her Nest camera, revealing hundreds of goats dashing past her house during the late evening hours, according to local news reports. <laughs> uh, the whole thing, the... Uh, now, goats are, are voracious grazers. If you know anything about goats, they'll eat anything. And apparently they uh, were indulging in all of the local vegetation, creating noise that disrupted residents and their pets from their sleep. This is late at night. It is unclear how the goats escaped. I don't even know if they know where the goats came from. Unclear how they escaped, but they were corralled back into their pen by a goat herder and his dog, it says. <laughs> a little late night entertainment there in Corte Madeira, California. Um, <laughs> I thought that was a great story, especially... We're here at the fair. <clears throat> By the way, speaking of the uh, fair, what is the other thing that is uh, huge at the fair? It's the food, of course. And how much would you spend 
for a delicious wheel of cheese. <laughs> Speaking of food, a 4.8-pound wheel of Spanish cheese recently sold at auction for $32,000. For just under 5 pounds of Spanish cheese. 4.8-pound wheel of cheese. $32,000. The Cabrales blue cheese was aged in the mountain caves of Austrias and took the top prize at the 51st annual Calib- uh, Cabrales cheese competition in Las Arenas. Restaurant, over, restaurant owner Ivan Suarez won the auction. He is no stranger to purchasing expensive cheese. In 2019, he bought a wheel for $22,000. So... The guy that loves his cheese. <laughs> Just slap on a slice of American and I'm good. Yeah. Sometimes you don't have to go very far to find the broken news. A Toledo man is facing charges after he allegedly punched and bit several police officers who he claimed were the Antichrist. All right. Incident happened yesterday when officers, officers approached 50-year-old Eric Harvest, after he had reported that he had just been assaulted by a bystander. When police approached, Mr. Harvest punched and bit two officers and claimed that they were both the Antichrist. Both officers were treated at local hospitals for minor injuries. Mr. Harvest is now facing several assault charges. Once he gets out of the hospital, I would think. Um, just weird, weird things happening in Toledo. Uh, we've had, this is a, a jailbreak story. We occasionally have uh, jailbreak stories in the uh, broken news. And uh, this is noteworthy for the unique way in which this uh, inmate in an Arkansas prison decided to make his great escape. He used a jet ski to, <laughs> to break out of the joint. Uh, he has been found and rearrested in West Virginia. From Arkansas, made it all the way to West Virginia. Samuel Paul Hartman was apprehended along with his wife, mother, and his mother's boyfriend in a hotel. Well, the family that (laughs) stays together. The wife and mother had been accused of helping Mr. Hartman escape. He had been on a work detail when the women allegedly approached a truck, uh, allegedly approached in a truck, fired shots at an officer. Nobody was hurt. And uh, Mr. Hartman jumped into the vehicle. They then fled toward jet skis they had waiting in the Mississippi River, which they allegedly used to cross state lines. Uh, The abandoned jet skis were later found in Mississippi. Investigators suspected the trio fled to West Virginia because Hartman's mother has ties to West Virginia. Of course she does. (laughs) But that is a little unusual. I don't know that we've ever had a jet ski escape in the broken news, so that's, that's a first. A couple of other items here from the uh, broken news this morning. A 27-year-old bakery owner from Louisiana called it the biggest mistake of her career. And uh, she posted about this in TikTok, a video that has now garnered nearly 2 million views, documenting how she accidentally ruined an expectant mother's gender reveal cake. According to her story, uh, she there was some confusion about the way the cake was to be baked. Now, it's a gender reveal, so generally you have 
uh, a standard cake with white icing, but the cake itself is either pink or blue, right? Well, apparently there was a miscommunication in the order, and it was a regular white cake with blue icing, which kind of kind of ruins the surprise, you know? The uh, <laughs> the blue icing was put on the outside of the cake. The bakery owner took full responsibility for the error and acknowledged that her staff should have clarified the order further. When the expectant mother arrived to collect the cake, obviously she saw the mistake immediately, so the her gender reveal was a little anticlimactic. Uh, initially, she was shocked, but not angry. The bakery owner offered to fix it, so at least her husband would not know. He'd, she'd re-ice the, the cake and everything would be fine. But the uh, bakery owner used the incident as an opportunity to humanize her business and apologize to the customer in person, along with her employee that took the or- order. Uh, she also offered complimentary cakes for the expectant mother's children and all of their future birthdays as a <laughs> gesture of goodwill. So, so they get free cakes. <laughs> they get free cakes moving forward out of the whole deal. I guess it's not that bad. <laughs> That's embarrassing, though. And finally, in the broken news this morning, a Wisconsin man came up with a clever way to deter male thieves. Uh... Apparently in his neighborhood, there have been some guys going around stealing people's mail, you know, checks out of the mail and and things like that. And so he decided to position himself atop the roof of his business. Jake Klein says he waited for the culprits, and upon spotting a familiar vehicle linked to previous thefts, he hurled a homemade paintball onto their white Jeep which marked it pretty good so that the cops could find it. Waukesha police, already investigating the case, noticed the splattered Jeep and attempted a traffic stop. The driver then took off, led police on a chase of over 8 miles and over 120 miles an hour. The pursuit culminated in a tactical maneuver by law enforcement to immobilize the fleeing vehicle. Uh, Dashcam footage reveals the Jeep on its side, uh, adorned with the telltale pink paint, the 28-year-old driver, Michael White, of Blue Island, Illinois, was apprehended. The police discovered a stash of stolen mail in the vehicle. Uh, Mr. White now faces felony charges of evading officers and property damage and uh, mail theft. And so they got their guy. <laughs> Pretty clever <laughs> idea of identifying the uh, suspect vehicle. With the paintball, paintball attack. I just love it. That's awesome. There's the ingenuity. <laughs> there you go. Uh, today's update of the odd and unusual side of the news. Today's broken news report. And we now return you to your regularly scheduled programming. Wake up and text. Text and eat. Mm-mm. Text and meet up with a friend you haven't seen in forever. Hi. Oh, hey. Text and complain that they're on their phone the whole time. Text and listen to them complain that you're on your phone the whole time. Text and whatever. But when you get behind the wheel, give your phone to a passenger. Put it in the glove box. Just don't text and drive. Visit StopTextsStopRex.org. A message from NHTSA and the Ad Council. This message provided by WFIN. Today's daily download, the numbers behind the news, and the statistics 
that shape our lives. This actually is kind of appropriate for the fair because you will see this <laughs> at, at the fair. Uh, people who are spending all kind of money uh, on their kids. Have you ever gone into debt for your children? A new survey of 2,000 Americans find that 42% of parents go into debt for their children. Uh, single parents are particularly susceptible to this, uh, as it turns out, which is kind of interesting. Single parents very concerned about their child's financial future. They think about it five times a day, and 52% purchase insurance policies. Now, the uh, survey commissioned by an insurance company, and I don't know uh, exactly which one, so bear that in mind, but the top costs that single moms and dads feel unprepared to deal with include groceries, health care, and just generic bills, they said. And I'm thinking, how are you <laughs> unprepared to deal with groceries? Did you not think your kids were going to have to eat? I don't know. It just seems like they say they feel unprepared to deal with groceries, uh, the grocery bill. Um, although I have to admit, when I had ca kids, it did catch me by surprise just how much my uh, grocery bill went up, especially once they hit the teen years. 75% of parents report feeling overwhelmed uh, when becoming a single parent. And in order to support their new financial responsibilities, 53% of single parents uh, go to their boss, ask for a salary increase. 48% will pick up an additional job. And others started a side hustle um, or relocate to a cheaper area or downsize their living situation. Some of the ways that we deal with these uh, unexpected expenses of raising a child. Kind of interesting. And again, you see, I, I saw that headline number, 42% of parents say they would go into debt for their children. And I said, you see that every day right here at the fair. <laughs> You know, this, actually, the fact that you are here kind of speaks to uh, what we were talking about a little bit earlier. Uh, there are people here that you get to see that you don't see the, the rest of the year. I'm sure it happens to you, too. Oh, heavens, yes. I know a lot of people. I've been around a long, long time. And and so, but there's still people I don't know. And um, But every day I get to see an old friend. And um, I can count on one hand the number of fares I missed in my entire lifetime of 68 years. <laughs> it, it, it's so cool because you see people that you don't see the rest of the year. You get the chance to catch up. It is such a, a community event beyond all of the agriculture and all of the shows and, and all of that. It is a community event where people just catch up. It really is. The weather is just fantastic. Um, we're right here by the cattle barn. You hear them, you know, the blower's going and they're working on the cattle. And it's, it, is the fair. it is a great environment. You actually have already uh, finished up with one show today. Yeah. You are very involved yeah. uh, with uh, with the shows and and all of that. Uh, again, we were talking with Ed a little bit uh, earlier. Everything I know about agriculture, I did not grow up in an agriculture background like you did. Everything I know about agriculture, I learned uh, at the fair. Quite a bit of it from you. Um, how often do you find that? Uh, you know, people just kind of maybe wander in when a, there's a show going on. Hey, let me see what's going on here and then ask questions later and you get the chance to educate somebody a little bit. Well, there's more and more. 
every year, all the time. My goodness, there's only probably one and a half percent of the population involved in farming. Um, back in 1862, when they made USDA, there was 90%. Yeah. Abraham Lincoln called it the People's Department. Yeah. Today, there's one and a half percent. So there's a lot of people that even have livestock out here. They're not on a farm anymore. They'll have a garage or an old shed or something that they'll keep their goats or their calf or their lambs and so forth in. So it still pulls people in. It still has a rural base, but the farm population is really small today. <laughs> um, if, and, and like we said, we mentioned this before, if uh, folks have questions uh, about the animals, talk to these kids. You know, that's, they love talking about their projects um, and love sharing that information with people. Oh, they really do. That's the whole joy about it. And we're just very, very pleased to have Lauren here because yes, she Lauren, knows what's going on. Lauren is here, Lauren Berner Kitzler, uh, to uh, talk about, uh, talking about, speaking of education, people learning things. One of the exciting things that is happening today at the uh, fair is that the Ohio State University Extension 4-H Mobile Design Lab will be here. Uh, basically, you call it for short, the STEM bus. Yes, that is correct. So it should be here in about 20 minutes. Okay. So I'm very excited for it to come, I'm making its presence here in Hancock County for just the day. But I think it's going to be very good for our youth members. Um, so what it is, is it's a bus that OSU put together to help branch out the STEM portion when it comes on to hands-on technology and kind of building that career and getting that hands-on experience for future uh, jobs, which leads to that because STEM goes into a lot of aspects of different jobs and operations today. So. And uh, both within and outside of agriculture. Yes, so I'm not exactly sure what's all in it, so I'm, I'm excited to learn myself as well. I've seen pictures, but I know that there's all kinds of iPads and tablets and laptops um, and different types of hands-on robotic skills, which Farming these days, uh, a lot of that goes into an auto steer sure. or, um, you know, lining up that planter correctly in the field. So. Is that maybe the biggest thing? I mean, you talk about the number of fairs that you've been to over the years, sure. Gary, the technology. Oh, goodness. <laughs> the other day, I had demonstrated to me an autonomous tractor, driverless tractor, and it was going back and forth, pulling equipment. We're very, very close to that being a big deal. It's already coming. <laughs> so, I, what I'm hearing Gary say is that you may have to drag him into the STEM bus. Absolutely. I'll, <laughs> oh, I'll take him it. hand in hand. So. <laughs> It'd be fun. Yes. Um, and, and, and part of what this is all about is inspiring kids not just to learn about the technologies that are available, but inspiring these kids to develop the technologies of the future. Like Gary said, you know, it's a new up and coming thing and being on the youth side of it, you know, it helps kind of get you that hands on a little bit of experience, kind of dipping your feet, getting your, yourself a little wet and knowledgeable when it comes to that, because it can lead to your ultimate career someday. Or, you know, if these youth members turn in to be farmers themselves, they may be dealing with it on their operation every day. Yeah. Uh, so the bus is going to be hard to miss. This is like a 35 foot bus. Where is this going to be exactly? So the bus is going to be located right outside the youth um, pavilion. Okay. So you can't miss it. It's going to be we're going to have uh, flutter flags marking it out. So um, yeah, can't miss it. You Big will, black OSU. <laughs> you will not be able to miss this. It is huge. Uh, and this is, is going to be open to everyone, or is they going to be looking specifically at the 4-H kids uh, who will be utilizing this? Or nope, this is going to be a bus that's open to anyone that comes through the fair, that comes through the youth building. Um, it's it's open for anyone, any any age as well. So maybe. Uh, 
grandma, grandpa, mom, dad also can check it out. So You can learn all about the uh, technology that is out there and, and what is to come. Now, is it going to be here all day? You said it was about uh, 20 minutes out. They're on their way. Yes, so we're going to start at open it up at 10 o'clock. That way we can get here, get situated, hooked up. But it'll be here probably till about 7 or 8 tonight. Okay. And then it'll head out because it is on to the next county fair. And then it'll be also featured at the Farm Science Review later in September. Yeah, that was the other thing. And uh, again, you were mentioning this yesterday that uh, it, it's really cool that we were able to get this here because this is a uh, mobile unit that travels uh, by its very nature all over the state. And so to get it here for the day is pretty cool. So the bus, that is correct, the bus is actually shared with all 88 counties in Ohio. Um, so it's kind of hard to get, it's kind of a first come, first serve. So when the gentleman reached out and said, hey, we have interest in coming to Hancock County, I was like, yes. I was like, let's get that bus here. So even if it's a day, I'll take it. So I'm excited for it. Absolutely. So you definitely want to check that out. The Ohio State University Extension 4-H Mobile Design Lab that will be here all day uh, right out front of the uh, youth building there. So. Very cool. Lots of, what else is uh, going on uh, with respect to uh, the youth 4-H and everything today? So, um, like mentioned yesterday, we also have our programming every day at 11 and 1. So, 11 o'clock will be family fun with the FCS educator Jennifer Little. Um, and she has a topic geared towards um, fruits and vegetables. Again, it went over really well yesterday. And then if you're not so much into STEM, which is perfectly fine, we're also going to be making friendship bracelets to kind of give back. So today is our heart. So we're thinking loyalty. We're thinking caring for our others, saying thank you to our community. So we're going to be making those bracelets as well in the youth building. Yeah, as you mentioned, uh, every day you're focusing on one of the H's of 4-H. So it uh, was head yesterday. It's heart today, hands, and health. See? I, everything I know, everything I know about agriculture, I learned here at the Hancock County Fair. So, and those activities are going on in the youth building. Yep, every day from 11 and 1, and to, like I said, today is our heart, and then tomorrow is our hands, and we're doing a community service project of, um, they're called Blessing Bags, so we're going to make Blessing Bags to give to a 4-H advisor, a teacher, uh, the sheriffs, maybe a senior fair board member, thanking them for taking the time, doing what they do every day, and then Saturday is another very exciting one, is we're going to talk and make smoothie bikes, so OSU has a grant where you can make a smoothie while pedaling a bicycle. So I'm excited with something new we're going to try as well. So um, that was that's going to be on Saturday for our health, being healthy. There we go. Uh, very good. Um, again, uh, Lauren Berner Kitzler is with us, Hancock County uh, OSU Extension 4-H uh, ed, uh, educator. Uh, thanks very much for dropping by. We appreciate it. Gary, always a pleasure to see you. Thank you very much. And with that, we wrap up today's podcast from the Hancock County Fair. Remember, you can get more information about all of the topics that we talk about each and every day on the show at our webpage. Check us out online at goodmornings.net. Coming up tomorrow on the program, it's our final broadcast day at the Hancock County Fair. The fair continues through the weekend, but it's our final broadcast day. And as we wrap up the summer, the Old Farmer's Almanac is out with their traditional forecast for the winter season. Are you sure you want to know? We'll tell you. So until tomorrow morning, that is good mornings for this morning. Now that you've had a good morning, go on out and make it a good day. We'll catch you back here tomorrow.